You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Welcome to another QB Power Hour. Today is a, with a little bit of a pivot. Um, we were originally going to have uh, folks from Intuit joining us. We're talking about desktop migration, some best practices. We do a demo. Um, but what's actually happening this week uh, at Intuit is an accountant council. So that's taking a, a, a few resources away that would have been helping us with this uh, with this webinar. So we're actually going to we pivoted a little bit, and um, we're actually going to be doing an exercise that they're going to be doing at the accountant council this week, right? So we'll be talking about desktop features that are in online, that are desktop features that aren't (laughs) in online. This is a feedback session. So this is going to be a little bit different of a a workshop for us uh, in that it's not necessarily just talking about some some tips and tricks and things to do inside of QuickBooks. This is actually a work, almost a working session uh, live and and um, and in has graciously joined us here today so that we can kind of facilitate this whole this whole session. Uh, Michelle, you want to introduce yourself? Hi everybody. I'm Michelle Long, CPA with an MBA in entrepreneurship, owner of Long for Success. Very glad to have you all joining us today and glad to have Ian here and doing this workshop kind of exercise with you all. You get some insight into how Intuit really does listen to our feedback and then how they kind of take our feedback and try to process that and rank it and and get more information. So I just think this is going to be a fun session today and I'm glad we're doing it. It's always kind of fun to do these things. Yeah, my name is Dan DeLong, uh, your co-host today. I uh, worked at Intuit, not within, but uh, <laughs> but at Intuit uh, for nearly 18 years. Your co-host today. Also, we do a workshop Wednesdays uh, for schoolbookkeeping.com and uh, just was asked to do the technical editing for the QBO for Dummies series upcoming 8th edition. Uh, so uh, uh, lovely doing that uh, as well. Uh, Ian, you want to give us a little bit of... Uh, introduction uh, to you. You've joined us before, so uh, yeah. go ahead and re- reintroduce yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Hello, everyone. My name is In. I'm a product manager with the QuickBooks Online accounting team. Um, so uh, as a product manager, my favorite part and the most important part of my job is to listening to our users, uh, like the accounts, uh, like the accounts. So I'm really looking forward to the discussion that we're going to have today. Awesome. Well, a little bit of the details about the QB Power Hour webinars are every other Tuesday uh, at 12 noon Eastern. Uh, we have some upcoming uh, webinars. Unfortunately, they are not eligible for CPE, so don't ask us to <laughs> for about that. Uh, but we are kind of working on uh, maybe some options to be able to make that happen, uh, but that will be in the future. Um, so our next webinar, we're actually going to be continuing our Niche Nuance series, which is uh, Convenience stores and gas stations uh, with Alicia Katz Pollock. She has developed a, a resource for um, for convenience stores and gas gas stations. Um, and then we'll be talking. Uh, Bookkeeper will be coming back and talking about managing multiple payment methods across sales channels. So that's a that's a mouthful to say, but it is a mouthful to do when you're dealing with uh, things like Stripe and PayPal on on different sales channels and, and best practices and. Uh, we're actually going to have Don Brolin joining us as well. So <laughs> she'll be joining us on that uh, on that Power Hour as well. 
Um, and then we'll do a deep dive into practice ignition uh, the next one after that. If into you need, ignition, ignition uh, now, not practice yeah. ignition. Oh yeah, right. Ignition <laughs> Just now. Ignition, right. <laughs> I can't, I can't stop saying practice ignition, but yeah, yes, I'll have to put it in parentheses. So that, <laughs> yeah, so that we can uh, realize the the drop is is coming if it's not already. <laughs> um, and then if you need some PDF uh, of the slides, the recordings, the podcast, we have a uh, we built a web page on qbpowerhour.com slash resources, where you can access all of those uh, prior webinars, uh, listen to the podcast right there online, or, or subscribe uh, to the podcast of choice. Um, we also have some website updates to announce. We have um, a section for the upcoming, um, upcoming events, so you can scroll down on the main homepage and see what's coming up. Um, add it to your Google Calendar uh, right there from uh, from the website. Um, also, uh, additional QB webinars. So things like the In the Know webinar that Intuit does every every so often. You can register for that, um, as well as some other um, you know friends that we work with. Like Hector uh, will have his his webinars available there as well. So you it's kind of a one stop shop so that you can um, sign up for. Uh, upcoming webinars, uh, not just the, the QB Power Hour. Um, so a little bit of the housekeeping today. Um, if uh, if you haven't noticed, we've disabled the chat today. <laughs> and uh, the reason being is that we want to make sure that we collect and capture all of your great feedback uh, today. And uh, so the only way to, uh, to, to post a question is using the QA um, and what that actually will allow us to do is if we can't answer live uh, within um, or, or uh, through ourselves, Michelle or myself, um, if we can't speak to it live, uh, they'll be able to follow up and, and then reach back out to you via email uh, to be able to uh, you know, follow up with that conversation. Um, so if you have any questions or comments, uh, please put them in the Q&A um, and then we can either respond to them live or uh, or, or through typing. Um, and then also we have the, the, the handouts and the webinar archive links in the, in the chat. Um, I'm sorry, in the, uh, in the links there. And I'm gonna put in the, in the Q and A, I'm gonna put in, let's see, our slides and, and landing page that we have here today. I can't, somebody's gotta type me something. <laughs> can somebody put something in the Q and A so that I can respond to it? There we go. Thank you, Linda. Oh, now everybody's doing it. <laughs> All right. There is the uh, the slides, the handouts, and the links for today. So, uh, so you should be able to see those in the uh, in the Q and A at the moment. So let's start off with. Uh, ooh, I'm going all over the place here <laughs> with a our first poll. Uh, and that first poll is: What version of clients do, or what version of QuickBooks do you support for your clients? Uh, since we'll be talking uh, primarily about uh, desktop and online, uh, we will, um, you know, kind of focus our, our attention on those. But we want to get an understanding of, you know, all of the the, the accounting software that you that you might be utilizing in your in your practice, not just uh, with uh, those two main things. I know, Michelle, you've uh, you you adopted uh, QuickBooks Online, you know, pretty early on. Right, well, you know, yes and no. I mean, early for 
I guess considering that most accountants weren't there yet, but actually a lot of people may not realize QBO actually started in 2001. I mean, so QBO has been around for a long time and I was not an early adopter because I didn't like it. I tried it and I didn't like it, but then I can't remember what year it was when they had Harmony, when they kind of revamped (laughs) QBO and they redid it and kind of a a relaunch almost, if you will. Once that happened, then I did start finally using QBO because that's where, you know, I, I saw where Intuit was going and that's where all the resources and all the emphasis was going into QBO. And so I did start learning more about it, but that was probably, gosh, I can't remember when that was at least 10 years ago. Um, but no, I wasn't an early, early from like to early 2000s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. the, um, yeah, that, that's an interesting fun fact, I think, about about QBO is that it is. Um, you know, 21, 22 years old. And um, it's, it just kind of puts some, some perspective about, about QBO when you, when you think of it being that old, right? Like some of the things, think of what the internet was like back then, right? I mean, primarily dial-up, you know, was the way, uh-huh. was the way that people connected uh, online. So, you know, the speed of which things were, were being handled and, and, and done online. And, you know, that's where, you know, the, 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 the main target of, of QuickBooks Online was service-based industries, you know. So things, uh, tracking inventory, you know, and the, the, the job costing, all of the things that you hear about, oh, QuickBooks Online doesn't do very well, um, you know, were based and, and born in that environment. You know, you look at other, other uh, accounting software that might have been born in online those those things are are easier easier i guess is that, uh, <laughs> easier to um to work with because that's where they're built on and um so let me go ahead you know one uh, of the things so dan and and i think we really realize this with the whole you know covid work from home all that into it pushed us kicking and screaming because accountants don't like change. You know, we, we like things to stay the same forever, but into it, I mean, we were doing freedom in the cloud webinars 10 years before, you know, this whole COVID thing happened. And all of a sudden everybody had to go to the cloud and learn how to work remotely and things. And from our perspective, Intuit had us positioned ready to go when that happened, because we were talking about firm of the future and working remotely and all this well before the pandemic, so Intuit pushes us where, you know, the industry and where technology is going. And so I, I always think that's kind of cool. So anyway, yeah. my two so cents. In, <laughs> yeah. So Ian, go ahead and, and kind of walk us through, you know, this, this exercise and, and what it is that we're going to be doing through for the rest of the power to 49 minutes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So just like that, and Michelle has mentioned, uh, we know uh, we have heard many, many times that there exists a significant gap between QuickBooks Desktop and QuickBooks Online. And even though we have made a lot of investment on QuickBooks Online, uh, so the gap has been decreasing, but there's this gap is still substantial. So today what we're going to do is um, we're going to, uh, we have, I have prepared a survey for you. And we really want to, Intuit really wants to listen to you and we want to really hear your feedback. So what we're gonna do, so in this survey, uh, I have listed out 16 most commonly mentioned uh, 
feature gaps between QuickBooks Desktop and QuickBooks Online. And I'm going to ask you to rank those features uh, in the order of the uh, in the order of impact to you. So, what are the most uh, important feature gaps? Uh, if they were close, uh, it will improve your uh, your your practice uh, and how efficiently you can provide your service to your to your clients. Um, yeah, I think and, we can move on. And then we're to, actually yeah, going to tally the results live, so that we can have like maybe a discussion uh, afterwards and maybe dissect mm -hmm. a, a little bit. So, um, yep. yeah. So, I mean, when I worked at, at Intuit, um, I, I remember having countless conversations about the disparity between, you know, I mean, it was a common thing where I'd be talking with accountants who do both, you know, QuickBooks Desktop and QuickBooks Online, and they would say, ah, it doesn't work this way in, <laughs> in QuickBooks Online. Um, or in desktop, it does this, or you know, or something like that, yeah. and um, and that was always, you know, the, the, there was a gap, right, between what QuickBooks Desktop does and, and what QuickBooks Online does, and yeah. and um, you know, and, and one of the things that really made it, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it, but that one of the things that kind of put everything into perspective for me is the the because of the age you know of of quickbooks online and what it was built on at that time uh sometimes you know you, you you make a decision when it comes to developing things do i scrap everything start over <laughs> or do i build on top of of what's already there you know and sometimes yeah. it makes sense to 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 scrap and start over and, and completely rebuild i mean if you uh if you recall anything about um you know, sales form customization, which is still, <laughs> you know, a, a uh, an outcry or, a, you know, a, a big talking point about, you know, customizing your, your sales form. Uh, that was a big initiative where, all right, we got to start over with, uh, with, with customizing sales forms. Um, and that means that you can barely do anything at first. And then, but you have that framework or that groundwork to build on, and then you can build on more things. Well, you know, as feedback is, you know, we've, you discover that, oh, maybe you're headed in the wrong direction, I, or I need more of that. And then they got to reevaluate, okay, we're going to need to <laughs> scrap it again, you know, rather than, you know, building on something that is continuing to lean to one side, you end up, okay, well, we've got to start over. And then unfortunately, when you start over, then you're, you're, you're very limited on what you can do. But because you have that good foundation, you're able to build build better, right? Um, so some of the things that you may have uh, uh, seen or, or heard of or, or have a bone to pick, uh, or as Hector says, drives you bonkers <laughs> uh, when it comes to, you know, QuickBooks Online, you know, things about inventory, job costing, uh, reporting. I've seen some, some things fly by or out about what about payroll and job costing and those types of things and some key main pain points. And that's what we're going to kind of unpack here is, you know, some of those pain points that when you say, okay, it doesn't, I like my desktop to do this and I want QuickBooks online to do that, or this is prohibiting me from moving my QuickBooks uh, clients to from desktop to online because of the way it's handled. That's what we're going to try to unpack here today. So 
we're going to collect some feedback and uh, the feature gaps that are most important to you, right? So um, talk a little bit about um, the feedback process in and, and what that actually, um, you know, how important that is uh, to Intuit, right? Like the follow yeah. me home. Like, can you talk a little bit about mm-hmm. the follow me home? It, it sounds a little stalkerish, but <laughs> how did that, how did that begin? Yeah, absolutely. So Intuit is a very customer-driven company, uh, and only uh, the the whole idea of customer-driven innovation will really trace back to the early foundation of the company. So our founder, the founder of the company, Skaku, when he started the company, uh, one of the things that he did is that he actually will uh, back in the uh, back in the days where we they're selling TurboTax and cookbooks uh, through CD ROMs, like CD like on disk. Uh, Skatco will wait on like on the stores and wait for the customers uh, to buy uh, those CD-ROMs and they'll like ask them to follow to their homes and then actually observe like how the users will use the program. So that's really the the genesis of how genesis of the whole concept of customer-driven innovation, uh, and it still works true for the company uh, to this day. So how are, you, how are you going to use the feedback? So the customer feedback and the data from the users are the, the single most important, powerful ways to really vouch for the features and determ- to determine uh, which features and which, uh, which projects we want to work on. So once we collect uh, this feedback, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring this up to our leadership team uh, and different product teams. And I'm going to say, hey, these are the features that we need to work on on our next quarter or the following years. So again, like we really want to listen to you. Your feedback is the single most important data evidence that I can bring to the team so that we can uh, make sure that we work on the most uh, the features and the uh, features that are most important to you and your clients. So you can, um, you know, obviously you can't click on the webinar <laughs> screen here to get to the, the SurveyMonkey link that's showing here on, on the screen. Uh, but if you uh, look in the Q&A, uh, you should be able to see my response to Linda about uh, what that'll take you to the the feedback session, right? And I'm going to share this over here. And we don't want that. And we want over here. So this is where it will take you, right? Which is the the feedback session. The replay will be here um, on our on our website. You can access the handouts here. Uh, but you want to click on the submit feedback button, right? And what that will do is it will bring this up. Uh, oh, I've already submitted the feedback, so <laughs> I can't submit it twice, um, which is good. You can't stuff the ballot box here, <laughs> right? So only one one person at a time. Uh, but when that comes up, then you, what you'll see is a list of 16. Let me go back here. <clears throat> you'll see a list of 16 features um, that don't exist uh, as they are listed here in, in QuickBooks Online. I mean, you may say, oh, well, inventory is an option in, in QuickBooks Online, but your advanced inventory tracking, like the um, multiple sites or um, the, the reporting, right? Like you can't run uh, inventory reports on a cash basis uh, in, in QuickBooks Online. Um, some of those things that, that don't, that exist in desktop the way they are today, uh, what are they, you know, how are they in, um, and online, right? The batch transactions, bulk, uh, bulk and batch invoicing, you know, for, for invoice checks and bills, right? So you can do some of these things in advance, but not all versions, right? 
Um, maybe an accountant tool would be would be useful for that, right? Uh, custom roles. So let's let's talk a little bit about some of these uh, things here. So uh, sales orders. This is a this is a big bone to pick with with some people. Um, Michelle, what would you what would you say is the main um, the main thing about sales orders that that you can't do in, in, in QuickBooks Online? Well, with, let me make sure I'm not muted. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I was muting myself. Well, one of the things that we hear most frequently is whenever there's back orders or partial orders and things like that. Because instead of doing a sales order, you can do an estimate in QBO, but it doesn't allow for tracking back order situations and partial fulfillment and things like that. And so that's where some people still want the ability to have that sales order so they can do open um, and partial shipping situations. Yeah, like the main um, function of a sales order, in my opinion, is to reduce a, uh, the available quantity of an yeah. item, right? So if you've got, you know, 10 on the shelf and you promise uh, one to uh, to a customer, you want you don't want that one to be sold out from underneath that customer. That would be a bad customer experience or, you know, to your, uh, in your um, example, right? To tracking the back orders, right? Because maybe you don't have it on the on the shelf but you want to custom order it sales orders allow you uh, allow you to do that now that is a premier feature right so <laughs> that's something that is is all is available in premier and higher so you don't even have to have enterprise you know the big flagship desktop product to even have that functionality um but it's it's somewhere it's somewhere between an, an estimate or quote and an invoice where you've actually billed for it so but it actually pulls away some of the available quantity. And that's, I think, the biggest uh, takeaway of, of, of a sales order and, and uh, maybe prohibiting people from, from, be, from moving their, their desktop clients to that. Because what happens right now if, uh, uh, I mean, and do you know offhand, I mean, I'm throwing you a, a curve here, but <laughs> what happens right now if they have a sales order in Premier and they go to desktop from desktop to online, uh, what happens to those sales orders? They just not come over. I actually did not know the answer to that. But oh no, okay, I did. <laughs> I did throw you a quick question. There. I, I can. I'll try to look it up, but I. I don't remember offhand either. <laughs> um, so custom roles. Let's talk a little bit about about uh, custom roles. So, you know, um, advanced has the uh, you know, the advertisement right of, of greater uh, QuickBooks Online Advanced has has a uh, greater flexibility when it comes to uh, roles and, and customization of that. But if you compare that to enterprise, uh, it is severely lacking, right? And, and if you're doing things in, um, you know, if, if, if you're living in QuickBooks as your, as your ecosystem uh, for, um, you know, for access to, uh, to QuickBooks, the, the customization of roles is it becomes a higher priority, right? Because you don't want you don't want any of these people to see your payroll. You know, if you're if you're integrating a, a payroll, and you can turn things on or off and, and things like that. But I, I always compare things to uh, a light switch, right? It's either it's either on or off. Uh, but if you look at the the ability that you can do in in enterprise, you can get really granular you know to the to the access points that you can um uh you can uh allow or not allow uh with with regards to that 
Um, well, and, and Dan, one of the things I would line, I would add along with the, the custom roles and user permissions and stuff is that has to flow through to the mobile app. You know, because yeah. with the mobile app, when you log in on the mobile app, you can see the balance sheet in the P&L. There's, it doesn't honor the user restrictions that you may have set up to passwords. At least it didn't. I haven't checked that lately. Um, so that's something as well is that if we are having custom user roles, it has to flow through and be honored by the mobile app as well. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point because I, I see a lot of, um, you know, feedback on online. Like, well, I got to make them a company admin. You know, in order to use this one feature in in the app, um, but now they see everything, right? So it's it's a that's always a consideration, which is not typically a consideration for desktop because there's not much you can do in the app. I mean, they're, they're building more uh, more around that. Um, sales form customization. We've already kind of talked about uh, about this, but uh, desktop has the um, the layout designer, right? Where you can get super granular. Uh, if you want this field to be, you know, two two millimeters <laughs> smushed to the, you know, pushed to the right, or you can really get granular uh, with that. Um, can you speak a little bit in about um, maybe like the journey of Salesforce customization, um, like where it's at now and where where you're, you'd like it to go or where, where you would like it to go. Yeah. Uh, so unfortunately, I'm not the like product owners of, of this in the, uh, each individual feature, but I do, what I do know is that um, there's some Salesforce customization feature uh, functionality available in QuickBooks Online as well. But we have heard feedback that it's not on par with what you could do on QuickBooks Desktop uh, Layout Designer. So that's the, that's the part of the feedback that we're looking forward today. Now I have also seen that um, I've also heard the other the other side like people who have gone into the layout designer inside a desktop they look at that and they see well I mean it hasn't been touched in de- you know probably a couple decades <laughs> you know is that it looks old right and that is um, you know so with you know great robust functionality you know comes a, the, the the double edge of that sword is oh yeah it looks it looks a little clunky you know um, so. Perfect world, perfect scenario is you have all the functionality of, of the desktop layout designer, but the, um, the 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 new look and feel of of inside of QuickBooks Online. Job costing. Um, <laughs> this is a big, hairy thing. I mean, uh, can you can you can you speak to um, in the, the 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 journey of job costing because it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Because uh, it's a nebulous, um, nebulous thing. But I did see someone uh, say about job costing from payroll um, would be would be wonderful. Um, and that's and that's kind of what you've illustrated here about calculating payroll expenses for projects. Can you can you speak a little bit to that? Like what yeah, so that they're looking for the feedback um, we have been hearing is that. Um, with the desktop, you could do more granular job costing, and you can also do uh, percentage-based job costing. Um, but on QuickBooks Online, most of those features uh, are not available. So this is especially um, these features, especially um, pertinent to the like bigger companies uh, and also the firms like um, that does like, constructions or project-based uh, services. 
So yeah, that's the job costing. And uh, I would into, oh, go ahead, Michelle. I, I was just going to say, I would add there though, on the job costing is they do in the project center. Now you have the ability, if you're using QBO payroll, it will allocate the actual payroll cost to the project, um, you know, if you've assigned a project and stuff. So when you're using the QBO payroll, it does that. When you're not, let, let's say you're paying subcontractors and you want to allocate their time in the project center, there's a place where you can set up what the hourly cost is um, and, and have it calculating, you know, if the base cost is $15 an hour, plus this for taxes, plus this for workers comp, plus this for an admin and overhead um, allocation rate. So you can assign an hourly cost rate that you want to apply to those jobs so they can estimate fully burdened costs. So it's come a long way on the job costing aspect there, but it's still not as robust as some people would like as, as far as the reports. That's always a big thing is they want more reporting capabilities. Yeah, the uh, I mean, originally, and this was one of those things of what it was built on, right? Originally, um, billing by customer was the was the feature inside of QuickBooks that kind of evolved into um, you know projects, right? So being able to put an expense and tag a customer to it, so that you with the goal, the original goal was that that feature would then that expense will be able to be billed by, back to your customer, which that's the foundation that allows for expense tracking versus the the income. So you can track reimbursable expenses and then and those those types of things. But originally, you know, that, that's one of those things where they were starting to build and then it just kind of went a little sideways when you then now look and compare what you, what you can do as far as job costing in desktop versus what you can do in job costing uh, in, in, in QuickBooks Online. So I think in some cases, um, you know, you could see like the project center and the profitability center that's in, in the projects. Uh, not in the projects, but in the projects tab <laughs> is uh, it, it's. I mean, it looks a lot nicer uh, in in QuickBooks Online. But again, you know, to to your point, Michelle, you know, you want to dig deep. You know, accountants want to dig dig a little deeper. Customers and and contractors want to dig dig deeper. It's when you get past that superficial, um, you know, overarching profitability of a project. To get in, get on, get into the under underlying factor of that, then it becomes okay. This is what we need really more more robustness uh, around, and that segues nicely because a lot of contractors who are using the projects are also using pro progress invoice. Um, now you can, you know, invoice for a, you know, a percentage of your of your estimate to, to invoice, but once you do that, that estimate is closed right so now it becomes the well i've got to copy my estimate now i've got multiple estimates for um, for one job you know again the the common thread is that's not the way it does it in desktop <laughs> right so that that remaining un, un unbilled balance on an on an estimate turned into an invoice can be then billed again uh, so you can do, you know, a third, a third, a third, like most most contractors will do. That's what we're talking about with the progress invoice. Um, item receipts, um, that is just something that doesn't exist uh, in, in QuickBooks Online, right? And an item receipt is you've received merchandise, uh, but you haven't been, been billed for it yet. Um, 
I've got a bone to pick about how desktop handles <laughs> item receipts uh, because it's still it posts. It's still uh, you know is a uh, you know when I when I talk to people about what is an item receipt, it's really a bill that you can't pay. It still has the same impact financially on on the books uh, unless you're using the enhanced receiving in in an enterprise. But buyer beware, careful what, when you turn that on. That's one of those things that you can't turn back off <laughs> if you decide to use it that way, because now you have to utilize that. And that's another whole, whole other webinar on an enhanced receiving. But uh, item receipt is I've received the merchandise, but I haven't got the bill yet. The bill, yet, bill comes later. Uh, that functionality doesn't exist in, in QuickBooks Online I think what happens is those item receipts, if they, if you do have any item receipts in desktop and they go to online, they turn into bills, uh, which is then becomes a, another, another issue. <laughs> um, now, custom fields. QuickBooks Online Advance has made some pretty good advancements in, in custom fields, but you still can't put custom fields on a line item. <laughs> Uh, so that is what we're talking about with with custom fields. I, I think this is one of those situations where where uh, online features are actually, you know, jumping over uh, what what can be done in in desktop. But you have that Achilles heel of you can't put it on an, an item. <laughs> so if we get it to items, I think this will make uh, make it that much even that much more better. Um, and custom, anytime you look at any of these things, the customizations, that's where, um, that's where QuickBooks then becomes um, adaptable for specific businesses. Uh, so you can, you know, really get use of these features. So the sales form customization, customization of roles, custom fields, that's where, you know, when you're, when you're saying the, the, the main caveat of, oh, it doesn't fit my business. Well, this is where you can actually dive pretty deep into that and make it make it work for uh, for for most you know most businesses, not necessarily all. You know, Dan, um, one of the one of the things that is nice about QBO that a lot of people don't realize is, let's say you put something in that item description because because I agree, custom fields are big and you get them with advanced, but a lot of people don't have QBO advanced. But one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is if you put something in the item description, you can search based on the item description. When you're in your little custom search field, if you go to the advanced search, you can search by line description. Um, and I think that's got a lot of powerful uses. If you did, if you had the custom fields, you wouldn't have to do that. But that is a workaround that a lot of people will use is putting it in that line description. Good, Good call out. Yeah, yeah that's backing so up. Oh, go oh, ahead. Sorry. Oh, I just want to make one comment. So the custom fields, um, they're actually available in, on QuickBooks Online Accounting as well. So that was the latest improvement mm -hmm. that we made. Um, but still, so you can use custom fields for um, vendors and clients and so on. But uh, just like Dan, you mentioned, um, there's still um, some gaps that like the customization that you could do on desktop uh, that you could not do uh, on online. So if you have any those like specific feedback that you like to provide for these features um, on the in the survey, there's a, I also there's a response like the open ended response that you can also give. Uh, so please um, add comments there. Yeah, and the, that's a good call out. And the survey, um, you know, in addition to, to ranking, you know, stack ranking these 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 features or functionalities, 
um, you can put a free text uh, comment, right? So your um, your uh, your feedback is is tied to your response. So you can provide more clarity as to maybe why that you you did one over the other, and that that brings up a good, another good point is that you know maybe your niche is is contractors, right? And and you have you have built a whole practice around desktop job costing and those features just don't exist. And you know, you'll go kicking and screaming to QuickBooks online because those functions just don't exist. You know, that that feedback is really valuable, but maybe because you don't use online as much as you know some other practitioners, um, you know, you you're just not able to be in it as much as as somebody who who is right so you know put that in the in the comments as well is that you know these things are 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 you know uh showstoppers or game game uh, what are deal breakers that's the word I'm looking for <laughs> you know i can't move anyone to quickbooks online uh because this feature uh, doesn't exist now backing up the company is uh is something that um you know when i was working there I always saw this as a, I don't know, it was kind of like the debt ceiling in, in, in politics, <laughs> you know, like, because uh, QuickBooks Online data just continues to grow and grow and grow. Um, and there's not really a, a purging option or, or scaling back. Can you speak a little bit to that in as far as like, you know, backing up the company, obviously, you know, restore point. Is is one of those things, but another aspect is the the size of of company files. Um, is that um, is, is that a concern uh, for for an online product like this, where it just is you know as companies use it, and so let's say they're now seven you know seven plus years, um, you know they're past the point of where they need to keep those active if they. Um, you know, if you're, you're talking for a compliance standpoint, um, what, what's, 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 what's happening? Are you just going to buy more space or what is, <laughs> how's that, how's that work? Yeah. It, it would be nice to condense like we could do in desktop to get rid of some of the old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting question. So uh, for backup company in QuickBooks online, um, let's say advanced feature, um, uh, there's no, uh, ability to condense your company file uh, what back a company can do is you can uh, you can go back to a certain time uh, a certain time in the past and you can restore your company file to that point um, but yeah it's a really interesting question because I heard feedback from the desktop users that um, as they as their practice uh, grows their company file sometimes becomes too large and it becomes unmanageable. And yeah, I would love to hear more about whether there's like similar issues happening with online. But yeah, well, yeah, and and um, you know, one of the things that it, that I see happening is uh, the limitations that are being set arbitrarily, right? Like uh, you can only run run report certain reports or do a search for the past two years, right? Because there's now too much data. For, for it to function properly. Or if you try to send a general ledger report to Excel, it times out because that report is too big. You know, so these uh, growing pains of, of, your, <laughs> of your company file um, are either being handled for you 
by by a limitation in in uh, in search or, or or functionality, or you know you can't do you know some of the things that that, that you want to do, like the customization or the customer port builder that's in online advanced. You can only do one year, right? I mean that's it's a great tool, but <laughs> you can only do one year because you know it's so you know it it would take more resources away or time out or you know there's there's a, a, a practical limitation uh, to doing these things in online as opposed to a physical you know limitation of like you, know, you can have unlimited customers but <laughs> when you do this then it's gonna you know cause a problem um, so and, and I, I do want to speak a little bit to you know with backing up data. That's one of the things that I like about QuickBooks Online is that you rarely see um, data damage like you do in desktop. I mean, when I worked in at Intuit, data corruption issues in, in online, because the larger they are, the harder they fall. You have a large company file in, in enterprise or, or on Pro, Pro or Premier. Um, it's... Uh, it, it's inevitable that something will happen and it will damage the data. You just don't have that. You have issues. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you <laughs> you have certain issues, but you don't have widespread corruption issues. I, I always get a kick out of people who's, who get hijacked by some of the bad actors that are out there that say, oh, your QuickBooks Online is uh, 33% corrupt. I'm like, how <laughs> how do you know that? Right? <laughs> that's just like a red flag to me. But Hey, um, Ben, I want to do book check. So I was looking at the survey results, and um, we have 30 response, responses uh, so far. I just want to make sure that uh, we have everyone has access to the survey and they know which um, link they need to use to yeah. access the survey. So that is here, right? So you go to this. Uh, I'll, I'll put it again in the, and uh, I'll just pick someone's. <laughs> Let's see, I'll do this again here answer i responded again to uh to linda's original uh in that so in the q a if you look at the answers uh there should be the link there to the uh to the landing page and then you can click on the submit feedback uh and then that will take you to um, to be able to do uh, to to do the feedback so yeah uh, let's see we have what Oh, we have 140, a couple hundred, almost a couple hundred people uh, live on the webinar. So the more people that put in the feedback will give us a better understanding of the consensus of what, uh, which direction to head. Uh, so definitely please do that while we're, while we're talking through some of these, uh, some of these features. Here. So I was just going to make a comment here. Gene had a comment, education about the safety of data on your servers. I can back up desktop and take it home. I depend on QBE for QBO. So, you know, I hear this a lot about the question of the safety and I want to back it up and take it home and stuff. The reality is, and a lot of people don't stop to think about it, the QuickBooks desktop is more vulnerable to hacking than QBO is. Intuit has the same bank level security that banks and credit cards do and things like that. The data is actually safer in the cloud on Intuit servers than it is on your home computer. We can't spend millions of dollars on the security that Intuit does. Um, and so that's one of the things that, you know, sometimes these small business owners don't realize it, 
But, you know, where does the IRS store your tax returns in the cloud? Where's your banking in the cloud? Where's your healthcare in the cloud? Everything's in the cloud already. Every time you use a credit card, you know, your data is in the cloud, if you will. Um, so the reality is things are more secure in the cloud on Intuit servers than they are you know, taking the backup and, and having it on your own computer. So anyway, I just wanted to talk about that and get your comments as well on the, that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for bringing up. So, I mean, security and customer data, customer privacy are the utmost importance to the to Intuit. So we spend a lot of money, make a lot of investment on making sure that our customer data stays safe. Uh, so we have a pretty secure infrastructure to, uh, to enable that. So you can be rest assured that your data is going to be uh, safer uh, with, when it's, uh, when your data is on cloud. Yeah, and I, and, uh, I saw so many um, secure, unsecure practices uh, when talking <laughs> to some accountants and, and people using desktop, um, you know, you know, like, for example, you know, if you're using credit card processing and desktop, you have to change your password every 90 days and everybody has to change their, their password every 90 days. The, 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 the outcry of, <laughs> of, of having to change your password. I mean, that's, that's a security. It, it actually re-encrypts the data, um, does a lot of great things when you, when you do that, but it is annoying when you have to change your password every 90 days and then remember your client's password on top of all of that. So it does get a little uh, cumbersome, you know, to say the least. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, uh, to, to end point, yes, the, the backing up of company data does allow you to do a restore point where you could say, okay, I totally screwed up today. I want to go back to yesterday. Right. <laughs> uh, that is, uh, that is the, 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 the backup company process, but, there actually is a redundant backup process when you save something, right? So when you save some, you know, save an invoice today, it's actually immediately saved somewhere else, right? So that's why you have uh, less data corruption issues with with QuickBooks Online is because they have redundant backups of your cloud, uh, but it's live data, right? So. Um, to your point of, of wanting to be able to go back to yesterday or a week ago or, you know, the day before, that's what they're talking about with the uh, backing up of the, the company data reports. Um, that is, I mean, to, to Michelle's point, reports is where you get, you know, you make meaning of, of the data, right? And and being able to, to do custom reports. I mean, the fact that there is still not a, custom summary report uh, like there is in desktop is just uh, that that's a that's a Hector Bunkers uh, thing right <laughs> uh, to be able to make your own custom reports uh, is is uh, is a bit of a challenge now I added the sales tax center because when I posted <laughs> when I posted uh, asking for feedback on on the could be power user uh, Facebook group uh, this was a big thing. Um, the uh, sales tech, then we want to talk a little bit about it, right? The way that QuickBooks Online handles setting up sales tax is, um, I mean, it's apples and oranges when you when you when you're talking about desktop and and online, right? So the we talked about this a little uh, last time when we had Avalara on, 
in QuickBooks Desktop, you're setting things up as items and, and sales tax groups, um, and you can use a lot of the, 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 the line item functionality in Desktop to get make sure that your, your sales tax is collected properly. And because you're using that foundation of, of items and groups, components, client, um, move, move, uh, combining things together, those items flow through to reports pretty great. Right, so your sales tax liability report, you you'll be able to dissect. You can try, you can dive into, um, you know, most of the the numbers that are on that sales tax liability report uh, to be able to to have confidence that this is what I need to use to help fill out and file and pay my sales tax in in QuickBooks Desktop. Online focuses mostly on its sales tax on the chart of accounts. There is no such thing as a, um, as a, as a line, as an item uh, for sales tax in, inside of QuickBooks. Now, the flip side of that is all it's automated, right? So as, as soon as you put in your, you know, your jurisdiction and where you're located and where the customer is located uh, after that, everything, as far as the collection of the sales tax on the sales transaction itself, is pretty well automated, right? And if you have a discrepancy, you can change the way that things are right there on the transaction itself. But that's where sales tax kind of ends for me (laughs) in QuickBooks Online, right? Because what happens after that is it's it's a a mess. I I mean, I'm sorry, and, you know, confirming the number on reports is is a little maddening <laughs> for a lot of people, not just myself. Well, uh, and, to, to- and I agree with you, Dan. It is complex and it is frustrating. And, you know, you know how I feel about sales taxes. It has gotten <laughs> so complex and so many of these small businesses now are shipping things to other states and they're creating nexus where they never realized it. And I just, I feel strongly that if you got a company that's got sales taxes going on, you probably need to have help in this area to ensure that everything is set up properly and done properly. And it may require, you know, not using in um, into its sales tax feature, but using something like Avatax from Avalara, because I mean, so many people don't realize, you know, if they're selling on Amazon, Amazon has a warehouse like in every state now that can trigger Nexus for mm-hmm. them. If they have so many sales in a particular state, that can trigger Nexus. So, I mean, I'm scared to let people try to do it on their own because they yeah. can get into so much trouble. Yeah, I think Diana said it best here QBO sales tax is a piece of poopy dookie. <laughs> So, yeah. So well, you want to probably unpack that in. Technical term. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you, you hit the nail um, on the head. And, like, we know we are aware that there's still a gap. And we have lots of improvements we, we need to make on with QuickBooks Online. So, like, we appreciate, really appreciate all the feedback and comments. So, like, keep the comments coming. Uh, you can use the Q&A uh, on Zoom. Or you can also respond, give uh, additional comments through the survey as well. So yeah, I'll make sure that I collect all of this feedback and bring it back to our internal yeah, I'm teams. Seeing some, seeing some great comments in the in the Q and A, not just the poopy dookie one, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So I mean, please keep coming. Really yeah. constructive, and and that is that is fantastic. Absolutely. Um, yep. And, and and here's another um, 
I don't know if it's a fun fact, right? But the the functionality that that may, finds its way into QuickBooks Online is oftentimes uh, the result of an acquisition, right? So if you want to look at, and I'll jump right, right down to payroll, right? Because if you look at the reports in payroll, as opposed to all the other reports inside of QuickBooks Online, they're vastly different, right? And that's because it came from the pay cycle acquisition, right? So uh, QBO payroll was all based off of a, a, a company that Intuit purchased and, and, and then incorporated that into, into, the, into the mix of, uh, of QuickBooks Online. Uh, the, the inventory functionality came from an acquisition of lettuce, I think it was cabbage, it was some kind of vegetable. Uh, <laughs> that was purchased. The sales tax automation came from a company that was that was acquired. So, right. So these things are just going to, you know, the the, the technology as it gets integrated. Uh, sometimes things are a little uh, off, right? So that's that's one of the things to, to kind of consider, right? Whereas QuickBooks Desktop, it was just built on, you know, from the ground up and then added to. So everything kind of looks cohesive, you know, kind of across the board. Um, so the audit trail, uh, this was another big um, uh, feedback collector, you know, when I, when I put, the, put the information out. The audit trail is, is something that a lot of accountants and bookkeepers especially are using to, to help do a lot of the detective work uh, when it comes to, okay, who did what, when, right? Uh, and the audit trail inside of desktop has a, has a greater searchable, filter, filterable functionality. Wow, that's a mouthful. Um, and, and you just don't have that in, in, in online. Um, there are some things that you can do uh, in, in, in online, and there are things that, but you can't go back more than two years, I think, right? So, I mean, it's, it's exporting it to, uh, to Excel is not an option. You know, those types of things, uh, whereas the audit trail report in desktop is a built-in report. Every report can, in in desktop can be sent to Excel. Uh, you'll have the uh, the latest iteration of the transaction and the prior uh, right below it. You know, right there on it, and you'll be able to use the date uh, fil filters of the the transaction date plus the entered modified date in conjunction to be able to see that. I mean, that's something that is 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 really you know. Just having that, you know, being able to, I want to search for transactions that are dated this, but modified uh, today, that would be a great thing inside of uh, the, the audit trail report. So, but Dan, but Dan, let me ask you this, because in the QBO audit trail, audit log, you can click to see a comparison, what it was before and what it was after, and it'll highlight what it was before and what it is after. So you can show the changes only. So you can only see that. And it tracks everything, whereas desktop only tracked the transactions. QBO right. will track if somebody reconciled an account, if they added a new account, if they changed a, the account on a product or service item, if they changed the mappings or something. I mean, I kind of thought the QBO audit log was a lot better than the desktop. Yeah, when I first looked at it too, I was like, well, you can do, I mean, you can see when somebody signed in, you can see when, um, you know, somebody changed a, a product or service or edited, uh, uh, added an account. Um, and you can, and to your point, you can see the entire history of that one thing by drilling in on it. And that was, that's really one of the, uh, the, 
most of what are the, the feedback they want a, a middle ground <laughs> they want the 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 good things in the quickbooks online audit audit trail and the and the desktop audit trail so like i don't think there's any one winner in this but there there is a, a unified one that i think would be awesome so here's what i would like and it's kind of audit trail user permissions combined but i want an audit user so let's say you're having an audit by the irs right? We don't want to allow them to look at everything. I would like oh, where the IRS or the auditor can look at only this period of time, like the year that's under audit and the month before and the month after, um, so that they can go in and do the audit without having full access. So I would like an yeah. audit user um, that's read-only access for a specific period of time. So I, I don't know. behind that too. <laughs> I don't know which one that would fall into on this list here, but yeah. I want an audit user. <laughs> yeah, because I, I I talked to the SEC once, and they were they were getting a lot of audits and, and things from uh, from the uh, you know, and and people were very prohib uh, uh, leery, I guess is the best <laughs> of you know, because if you wanted to do certain things, you had to be a company admin. They don't want to give an auditor company admin access to their, to their live books, right? So, you know, these kind of things kind of fall into like, you know, making a backup, giving it, you know, giving it to, uh, you know, a user outside of their, their live books. Um, that's a situation that would fall into, you know, a, uh, uh, an issue where you might want, want to not do something like that to, to somebody who has that, that kind of access. Um, Add edit list uh, entries. This is a great feature inside a desktop where you can um, update customers kind of in an Excel spreadsheet fashion. Um, it goes along with uh, kind of like the batch transactions where, uh, you know, QuickBooks Online, um, you know, can do batch transactions, but uh, can't do editing and, and, and adding multiple list entries. Um, and then, oh, we're actually getting at the top of the hour here. We need <laughs> multi-company functionality is another thing. So being able to access multiple companies, um, you know, that's one of the structural things that, that uh, exists in QuickBooks uh, desktop, right? Is as long as you have uh, storage on your on your hard drive, you can create as many entities as, as you like. Accountants and bookkeepers, I think that would be a huge, uh, huge uh, win for them. Um, and then we talked a little bit about the payroll. So let's share some results here. So let's see here. So I'm going to go in here um, and keep those things, uh, those feedbacks coming. Uh, so here's the survey results. All right, let's make it here. Okay. So it's a pretty, <laughs> I don't know, can you sort this uh, in? Can you, uh, it's almost a dead tie. <laughs> for a lot of these I things. think there's a filter you can use um like down right like bottom oh, oh, right corner maybe rules no rules there custom are no reports filter. is a big one you know one yeah. of the things the custom reports has gotten a lot better um in qbo advanced but a lot of people don't have access to that i think uh custom reports and then job costing is the uh, is the next thing uh, and then below that is batch transactions. So it's almost like a dead heat for these <laughs> these three. And then sales orders. And then oh, we got custom fields. 
the uh, and then the custom roles, right? or that may be a tie there for sales tax. So we maybe sales tax is you know, in there. So go ahead. Well, I was just going to add one thing on this. I love that Intuit is listening to our, our comments and feedback. And, and people sometimes feel like Intuit doesn't listen. But I heard they, I don't remember who told us this um, at that accountant summit that Dan and I went to. Intuit gets like 60,000 feedback per month. When, you know, if you go in the QBOA or whatever, you click on the gear, send feedback, they really do take all that feedback and listen to it and, and do like this and rank it and try to see where the priorities are and things like that. That. So people feel like, oh, they're not listening. They are listening. It just takes time and things are prioritized based on how many people are requesting certain things. So, you know, if you're one of the ones that really want item receipts here and that one's not highly requested, you know, that's going to be lower on the list of getting anything done about it. So anyway. Oh, that's a, that's a great point. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks for thanks for very thanks for the comment, Michelle. So yeah, we absolutely want to hear, and we want to continue to uh, get feedback from the customers. Um, so, but again, like we can, we know we're imperfect, and there are like lots of things, lots of different things that we can do, but like too many, almost like more than uh, what we can uh, invest in. So it's important that we know the prioritization. So we have to know which ones are more important, like compared to other uh, improvement areas. So yeah. That's very common. You, now, based you know, off of, uh, I'm just launching the the, the last poll here uh, while you're before you start there. Um, so, looking at these uh, these results here, do you feel, um, you know, those of you that are that are still still on, do you feel that this is a uh, a good start, uh, or this is way off, um, or is this not something you know is you know is it is it something you're completely in agreement with? So while 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 we're uh, Michelle is wrapping up there. Uh, go ahead and answer that uh, that poll question. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh oh, I do remember what I was going to say. So Shane, I thought it's Shane Hamby. He was a product manager years ago, and I remember one year they rolled out that sliding out thing that would show you information about the customers or whatever. You know, as you, as you enter the customer name, it would slide out the drawer from the right-hand side and show you recent transactions and all that. And Shane said, this has been the number one most requested feature for a long time. And we finally have it, this drawer that's going to slide out and show you information about the customer right as you're entering the invoice. So guess what? The next year, the most requested feature was turn it off. So the poor product <laughs> managers can never win. We, you know, everybody's always requesting something and then you give them that and then they say, well, wait a minute, I don't like it after all. You know, we're never happy. We always want more <laughs> and additional features and changes. And, but I think it's great that Intuit keeps listening to us and they do come out with great features for us. So yeah, we just need the, to keep telling them what we want. And the, and the big thing is that they're, they're listening to a lot of people, right? So not just, uh, accountants, but also, um, you know, end users as well. Um, they're, they're, they bring people into, and we saw that when we did our, our tour, they bring companies into like a lab and watch them use uh, and interact with the software. So, you know, they, to, to end's point, you know, it is uh, customer driven innovation. You know, they want to, they want to make it right, but they have a lot of people to make it right for. <laughs> uh, so it is yeah. definitely, um, you know, not an easy task to uh, to sort through all this feedback that they're getting and prioritize it. Uh, but I appreciate 
uh, in for for coming on here today. I appreciate everyone that that took part in this, and I've seen you know some of the things that have been flying through here. Uh, we are going to send all of this feedback uh, to in so that he gets to deal with it. <laughs> um, you know, and and he might be reaching out to you to get a little bit more clarity uh, about um, about some of these things that uh, that you're that you're providing for for them today. So uh, we appreciate you all uh, joining us here today on the on the Power Hour. And thank you for for pivoting and coming in on such short notice um, and, and running this um, this feedback session um, right on right live on on the webinar. And uh, we'll leave up the uh, the survey. So if you um, you know as a, as a user uh, go into the QB Power Hour, if you could share that to uh, to anyone uh, that, that would love to give their feedback as well, uh, please do, uh, because the more the merrier when it comes to the feedback. And uh, we'll see you next time on the QB Power Hour. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.